dear chief, much has happened since we last spoke. Welcome to Dear Chief Podcast, where your hosts and their guests share the 411 of being married to the people who respond to 911s. Take a peek into fire family life and get unabashed advice on how to prevent forest fires in your marriage. Now, here's your hosts, two seasoned firewives, Audra and Chelsea. Welcome back to Dear Chiefs Podcast. This is Chelsea. And I'm Audra. Our guest today is Amanda. She's an educational specialist and firewife. Um, with school starting for most of California this week, we thought it may be a good idea to talk with an educational expert about establishing good learning routines with our kiddos at home. Who better than a teacher, right? Thanks so much for being with us today, Amanda. Thank you guys for having me today. And so tell us about you and your firefighter. Oh, so me and my firefighter. So we were actually high school sweethearts. Um, One of his good friends was in my math class and um, we both kind of needed a prom date. And so he was like, oh, I have this friend and oh, there's this girl in my class. And um, so we went to prom together as friends and the rest is history. He has, um, well, he told me he wanted to become a fireman like literally five minutes after watching backdraft. And, um, so our community college has a fire Academy that he went to. And then shortly after that got hired with Cal fire. And now we are like 15 years in to this journey. Um, we have two kiddos. They are seven and four. Um, and yeah, we just live this life. (laughs) So you've got a seven year old who is what, second or third grade? She's a second grader, yeah. Last week we started second grade. And you started distance learning, I'm guessing? Yep, we are full distance learning. We are on the county, or on the state's watch list, so everything is distance. Yeah, I th- are there any counties that aren't on the watch list <laughs> at this point? I- <laughs> where I work and where she goes, we're both on the watch list, so we're doing this all on the computer. <laughs> So now are you working from the classroom and are the kids allowed to come with you or? So right now I have, um, they're called flexible work conditions. And so I have the option if I want to come into my classroom or not, but my kids are not allowed to come with me in this district. Um, The preschool where my son goes, it actually has never closed. It's a private school and they have opened up another classroom for distance learners. And so my daughter is able to go there and facilitate, they have some moms and some college age students who have come in to facilitate distance learning. And um, what we figured out in March when we shut down was really, I'm not a good teacher for my daughter. So she goes there and does her distance learning and I can come and work from my classroom. um, Or if I need to, I can also work from home. That's great. That's really cool that being... So sort of flexible with you, I guess, right? Well, my employer is, but so I teach special ed for the county, um, but the district where I work is like, they are not as flexible, but the county is being flexible. So I get to follow what the county says. Oh man. And so is, I'm guessing your husband on one of these fires right now? 
He is actually on his scheduled vacation time. And so he is home right now. And so he has missed like every fire this season, which for me, I'm excited about, you know, it's a lot less stress, but, um, I think he's really missing out. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Chelsea and I were just talking about that before we um, started recording because my husband's on desk duty. And so he is listening to all of this scuttle and he's sitting there just twiddling his thumbs. Like he's going to just fall out of his skin. Yeah. (laughs) So it's so funny. It's just and Cameron's not working on engine this year. He's actually a captain in the command center in Felton. And so like he's getting all of the rock reports from all the fires all over California. And he's like, what is happening right now? And yeah. you can tell even though he's not I on engine, that. he's just sitting there, he's sitting there like kid in a candy store, you know, wanting to get, can't touch get anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's so funny. So tell us how, how has it been? with two kids and your husband with this crazy schedule? Um, so I think, and it's so funny because I have people like non-fire people, like, how do you do it? And I feel like for us, because we did start dating so young, like life got progressively harder. Like we dated and then he went to the Academy and then we got married and then, you know what, we kind of had time to get used to this life. Um, before we had kids. Whereas I know so many people are like, Oh, we already have this, established family and surprise now he's going to go work for Cal Fire and we have to figure out this whole new life. So I think for us, it wasn't as hard to get where we are today because it kind of gradually got here. Um, I try my best to keep our routines the same because I know when it's, when they're gone for three days and home, that's great. But then sometimes he's gone for a month. And so I just know that if our routine isn't the same with or without him, then it's going to make it harder when he's gone because we don't get to do these special things when he's gone. You know, we try to do everything exactly the same. Yeah. That's, that sounds pretty similar to what we've been doing, I think for all of my children's life at this point, because yeah, my husband's the same. I think you said (laughs) you, you're on year 15 with your husband in Cal Fire? Yeah. Okay. So we're on year 13 and he did Cal Fire for two seasons, but he's city. So it's totally okay. different than Cal Fire. Um, but yet the same. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so since COVID, how has it been? Since obviously school is totally different and the kid, and now you've got these kids that you've got to take care of and work and try to figure out what to do with them all day. Yes. So I think that was the biggest adjustment because we were used to being gone all the time. And so my husband is an avid hunter and fisherman. And so it's like when the kids were at school and I was at work and he would get to come home and have weekdays off, he had so much time for him. And that's really his like decompression time and time to process everything that they do at work. Mm -hmm. And then COVID hit and all of a sudden I'm home every day and the kids are home every day and mom needs a break, but where's she really going to (laughs) go? Um, so that was like a really hard adjustment of like what to do now is the stay at home mom. And when do I get my adult time? And when do I get a break? Because all of a sudden 
I have to raise all day, every day, both my kids, because we had made the decision, even though my son's preschool never closed, um, for about five weeks, we kept him home just because we didn't know what it was yeah. going to be like area. We're in a pretty small town and really up until recently, our cases were in the single digits. So we just, we weren't sure what was happening here. Yeah. It's a lot of unknowns. We yeah. talked about um, the last podcast, we talked about the, the, all of the unknowns and COVID obviously is one of those giant unknowns and everybody has to be as flexible as possible, I guess. And it's very challenging, especially for, I think for moms, we take on the extra load of total chaos. Yes. That's how and I feel. I, especially because our husbands are gone so much. Not only am I mom, but I'm also, you know, like everybody else, the nurse and the taxi driver and the scheduler. And I really, at first I think it kind of sounds cold, but it works so well in our marriage that I plan all of the things. I, I make most of the decisions for our children and yes, I'll consult with him, but if it has to do with a school or an extracurricular or really anything that's going to take our time, I just can't depend on my husband to be there because we all know, oh yeah, we're going to do this next Saturday and then it's fire season. So just kidding. So if I plan on my husband being there, there's going to be so many more canceled events and broken hearts. So it's just, if I can't do it without him, then we're not going to do it. And um, I think with COVID that's been harder because, you know, you always have that fear you're messing your kids up with the decisions that you make. Um, so the decisions have been bigger, but it just works for us that I kind of make those decisions because I'm the one that has to make them all happen. <laughs> right. At the end of the day, it's kind of, uh, you and you <laughs> who get to do all of the extra stuff. And if that's found, that's a bonus. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's, that's what we say too. It's like, if dad's here, great. If not, well, I'm, I'm taking you. Yep. Mm -hmm. So give us a few tips on how to keep the kids kind of engaged with dad while he's on duty. We utilize a lot of um facetime in the evening when when we can you know when he's not on a fire and then we do just a lot of like picture messaging and video messaging so we'll record the kids you know saying hi dad and dad will you know send a quick text message back of you know the fire truck or something that's going on so that way like the kids hear from him and my four-year-old son of course he's obsessed with fire trucks so they love to see that stuff um they don't, I mean, we don't chat a whole heck of a lot just because now with his new captain position, there's a lot more of the paperwork side. So he doesn't have that soft time as much as he used to as a firefighter. But, um, you know, we try to jump on FaceTime at least every other day. And then a lot of just text messaging kind of keeping up and, oh, hey, show the kids this, show the kids that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds pretty standard. Um, how, so you teach special ed. I do. I teach um, preschool and kindergarten age special ed. Um, in the past, I had, it was called a non-categorical class, and it was really just any kid that had special needs that was closest to that school, I got them. When I switched jobs, now we have students siloed, so they go to a school based on um, 
kind of based on their diagnosis almost um, and their ability. So right now my students all have autism. Mm -hmm. um, so we can really focus in on the best practices for students with autism. And how's that working with Zoom or Google Classroom? <laughs> Oh man. So it's actually this year it's going better. So last year it, or at the end of the last school year, school year. Mm -hmm. for myself, and even I noticed with my daughter's um, ending first grade with her teacher, it was kind of like this, like quote, do no harm kind of thing. They wanted us to still provide instruction. They wanted us to reach out, but there was no guidelines really. Any way you could reach out, anything you could send home, um, that was what was fine. And my daughter's teacher was like, oh, every week, here's your packet. And this is what you need to learn. But there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of um, instruction time with her teacher. And then this year, when the bill came out, um, you know, you can't go back to school if you're on the watch list. Um, it also laid out a lot more regulation. So we have to have daily live contact with our students. So it's no longer good enough that I just Zoom with a parent or have a phone call with a parent. I have to see the wide of the kid's eyes. Um, I have to um, have time or activities provided that they will be able to do independently, or not independently, but like with their parents. So pretty mm -hmm. much their IEP minutes still have to be met by activities that I provide for them. And so it's, you know, hard to tell a parent, oh, he'd be in school for 210 minutes today. Here's 210 minutes worth of activities that you have to do from home. So yeah, it's been tough. Um, and we're getting creative with how we do it. Um, for me, my students, also in the classroom, we're working on potty training and we're working on self-feeding and communication. So luckily a lot of um, the stuff that I was able to embed in their minutes are things that they would be doing anyways, you know? Yeah, well, that's good. That's crazy. And how long have you been a special ed teacher? This is my seventh year teaching. Um, and before I was a teacher, um, I was, a, the acronym is SLIPAS, I was a speech language pathology assistant. So I've been in education for about 11 years now, but teaching specifically, this is my seventh year. Wow, good for you. That's amazing. That's so good. I wish there were more people like you out there. <laughs> well, thank you. Some days it's chaotic and then other days it's like, how could anybody not want to do this? <laughs> yeah, I imagine it's extremely different this year compared to your entire teaching career it really is and I you know I've always had young students and so much of it is is prompting you know a kid's especially a kiddo with autism that doesn't have the joint attention skills and they're not really paying attention to you you really have to prompt them and move their body you know to get those like the neuro pathways going and oh this is what you're supposed to do with this and over and over and over again and it's hard to expect parents to do that when there are you know other siblings at home or you're working from home and there's you know distractions and everything else yeah that's total chaos is there any pro tips you could give um parents specifically for special needs students 
Um, I think, and it's funny when I chatted with um, Chelsea about this and she said, can you come in and talk about schedules and routines? And that's, that's kind of it right there in a nutshell is just establishing a routine that works well with, for you. And I think that there's, um, I mean, unless the district has other policies, like really for me, a routine that works for the family and every family is going to be different. So there's not a right or wrong, just as long as you get that time in. And so when I gave my students a schedule, I said, you know, here's 210 minutes worth of activities. But for me, it doesn't matter if you start at 7 a.m. and end at 7 p.m., but make it work and make it something that your kiddos can access. So, you know, whatever that routine looks like, I would just say keep it consistent. Um, day in and day out and with dad or without dad. And that's kind of been the lifesaver in our personal life is our nightly routine is the same, whether he's there or not. And, you know, luckily for me, my husband will jump in and he'll do bath time and he'll read books and everything. Um, but really it doesn't waver. And I think I have that personality that I can tell my husband, this is what we're doing. And this is when we're doing it. And so when it comes to the kids and he's like, okay, it's seven o'clock, it's bath time. He's not going to question that, but he'll do it. And so, um, my kids don't know any different that yep. seven o'clock isn't bath time every night. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's, that's awesome. It's, it's definitely, I think you sound like Chelsea and me, we're, we're all kind of the same. It's like, you gotta keep them all in line. And yep. you can't waver too much from the, the, the program or it just causes complete chaos. I and other, those kids will pin or put, put you guys against each other. Well, mom said this. And oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> they're they're going to do that whether you establish the routines or yes. not, right? But dad said yes. that we didn't have to take a bath at 7 o'clock tonight. We could take it at 8. You know, like that's a thing. <laughs> oh, seriously. It only gets worse when they get to be teenagers too. Oh, my goodness. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> okay. So okay. we're going we're gonna, to uh, segue into the hot seat now. Chelsea's going to okay. put you on the hot seat and we okay. promise not to ask you about what books you read. Okay. Oh, I, I found <laughs> it. I can tell you about it. Okay. <laughs> I actually want to hear about it. So that's going to be my first question. What was okay. the last book you read? Okay, so today I recorded myself reading the Going to Bed book by Sandra Boyenton. So that way it's part of my student circle time that they get to watch from home. Um, my last adult book that I haven't finished reading, but it's called Present Over Perfection. And so it is, um, I use the word like a self-help book very loosely, but it's just kind of about being present in your life and making the best of it and not stressing over the details and making sure everything is absolutely perfect because that's not realistic and it will totally steal the joy of life if that's what you're focused on. That's a really good book. It's actually probably one of my favorites. Is so it? Finish, oh, it. finish it. It's a good book. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite meal? My favorite meal, I'm jumping off script here because I heard everybody keeps saying sushi and I have a seafood allergy, so I've never eaten sushi, but I would say anything pasta. I just love it. It's diverse. It can be hot. It can be cold. Pasta. Chelsea, I will basically eat anything in pasta form. Okay. I will even eat chocolate pasta. I love oh. all things pasta. <laughs> 
Wait, wait, wait. What is this chocolate pasta stuff? I've You've got to try it. It's seriously, it's literally chocolate pasta with chocolate sauce. <laughs> it's okay. I'm coming to your house for dessert. <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem. <laughs> okay, Amanda, what does integrity mean to you? Um, integrity, I think I'm going to say like doing the right thing, even when nobody's looking, just doing what you know to be right. And even though it maybe is not what you want to do, doing what's best for kind of the greater good, the community. Nice. Yep. Um, what is one thing you would tell your younger self? Um, just take a chill pill. <laughs> I'm the person that, um, you know, I can't go to bed without my dishes being done and kind of, I like things very tidy and I am slowly trying to let go of that. And so I can just be more present for my kids and my husband. What, uh, what do you do when you can't sleep at night? Um, what do I do? I would say I probably will turn on HGTV. <laughs> I love that. Have you been um, having those, um, 3am anxiety wake-ups or am I the only one that's having this anxiety wake up in the middle of the night still? Um, I, I'm going to do a little plug here. So in addition to being a teacher, I have a little health and wellness like side business that I do. And let me tell you, I sleep amazing. So I'm like, what do I do? I haven't woken up in the middle of the night in so long. Um, but I remember the ones I do know those ones. <laughs> yeah. It's a problem right now. Oh my gosh. I, yes. you know, mine just started this week and I'm like, yes, exactly 3am. What is it with 3am? Like why? I don't uh, know. It must be some, I, I don't know if it's like you're out of your REM cycle or what, but every night at 3am probably, I mean, for me, it's been months. It's wow. Well, don't say that. Cause I don't want to be doing that for months. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping it's just this week. Okay. Um, what is the, what is one thing that you do to reconnect with your significant other after a shift? Um, we try to do date night and obviously we can't do kid free date night every week, but um, you know, when the world is not shut down, we try to sneak away to, um, like a fancy dinner at least once a month and just unwind, have a good glass of wine and not worry about school and <laughs> work and, you know, Sophia the first, all of the things. Right. <laughs> okay. And then last one, what is one thing you are grateful for? Um, uh, well, right now. I am grateful for technology because I have just enjoyed seeing my students like face, even though I cannot physically see them and touch them. And I am enjoying seeing my daughter make a connection with her new teacher. That's great. I love that. That's awesome. Okay, Amanda, thank you so much for being on with us today. Um, you guys, if you like today's episode and you want to keep hearing more, please consider dropping us a review on iTunes and to keep up with everything going on here. You can check out our Facebook group. We're on Instagram. And Amanda, you are awesome. We thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. Tune in weekly for the 25,000 foot view of loving a first responder. Audra and Chelsea, over and out. <laughs>